at a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, August 19th, 2022. I'm Steve Peasley, and I look forward to doing this show with you every day, this podcast. And I enjoy hearing your financial investment questions because that's what we do here. We answer financial questions, any financial questions you want to bring to the table. And the phone number you want to use never changes, has never changed in 22, 23 years, and it's 888-99-CHART. So give me a call. It's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're live right now, but you can call anytime you want to, anytime. I've got a pretty packed podcast today, as I usually do. My focus point concerns the story. Home sales fell nearly 6% in July as the housing market slides into a recession. Now, I think the housing market represents about 13% of our economy in one way, shape, or another. You know, you got the selling of the houses, and then you got, you know, furnishing in the houses, you know, and all that together, you know, and selling houses, fixing up the house, all that represents that much. So we're in a slump. We all know it. It's been here for a few months now. So sales dropped about 20% year over year, you know, a month ago, a year ago, a year ago. So 20%. Okay, and I think we're just that and you got you got to realize that's just the start. I mean, think about how old this report is. It goes goes back to July, and you're talking about houses. Well, we'll get into more details on that. That's what the whole thing is about. So we'll talk about that. And time permitting, I've got several other things to talk about. How about uh, the, a survey was conducted uh, speaking to 50, uh, to to uh, companies and their plan uh, of cutting employees. How, what percentage of this of these CEOs say they're going to cut employees this coming year? That, I think, is interesting to talk about. And do you know about Cineworld, a company out of London? It dropped 50% today. I want to talk about that. Uh, 97% of executives say we're in a recession or headed toward one. And finally... The average 401k balance by age group. And how much should you be saving every year? And how much should you have saved by the time you're 30 years old? So, got some numbers for you on that. Of course, you drive the show. You take it wherever you want to. I'm just here as the host. So, talk to me. The market was kind of, um, well, also, we're going to have some voice bank questions to play. We have those. Uh, we're going to talk about STEM Inc. and maybe um, uh, iShares, the global agricultural iShares. 
people asking about. The market itself was down nicely, or I don't know, how do you say it when it's down? Not tremendously down, but down not just a little bit. But here's the numbers. The Dow was down 292 points, the Nasdaq down 260 points, and the S&P down 55. So it was a pretty good pullback, I guess we can say that today. Remember, the market is struggling the, to break the S&P 500 200-day moving average. The 200-day moving average of the S&P 500 is considered the long-term moving average. And above it, we're bullish. Below it, we're bearish. And we've been below it. And it's trying to break above it, and it's having a struggle. We'll see. Okay, um, so we have lots of calls to do. What do you want to talk about? Let's, where do you want us to go first? 888-99-CHARTER is our number, 888-992-4278. Um, we'll also share some highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter, by the way. So that would be about the halfway point, Okay. So let's go ahead and get to our first caller question. Hi, this is Matt from South Florida. I'm calling about 3M. They announced that they are separating their food safety business. And if you currently own 3M shares, you have a choice to convert all, none, or some into Neogen, N-E-O-G. Apparently, if you choose to convert, you would be receiving approximately a 7% premium. Wanted to get your take on whether converting a good portion, if not all, is a good idea, given the premium at hand. Thank you. Well, that's a little tricky because you're going to get 7%, okay, uh, um, a, a premium. So, in other words, they're going to split off this company. We've talked about that before. They're going to split off part of their 3M. is going to split off part of their company, and now it's going to be a standalone medical company. And they're going to give you a 7% premium, and... You know, normally I would say, well, then sell it immediately, take the premium. But what if the first trade gives all that 7% back? What if a lot of people do that? So it's difficult to know exactly what to do. And really, it, it's, a, it's a roll of the dice. Now, my opinion is, do you want to hold the new company? If the answer is no, then get rid of it as soon as you can. That would be my answer. Um, if if you want to keep it because you feel it's got potential, then you don't worry about it. You just just take the shares and hope for the best. But you know, when I, I if I'm an owner of 3M, I'm an owner of 3M. There's a reason why I like it. I will get a benefit from them selling off a piece. That's fine. So that's how I look at that. Okay, we're headed into a break, unfortunately. I'm sorry about that, but we got to do it. I welcome your financial investment questions now. No questions too simple or too complex. You set the agenda. Call Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've 
Learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor. 888-99-CHART. I host the Invest Talk podcast. I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888 99 chart. Hi, I love your show. I'd like to know about STEM, S T E M, for long term. Is that a good stock buy? I look forward to hearing from you. Okay, STEM is out of San Francisco, provides service revenue management software service for enterprises in the healthcare technology industry. So it provides service revenue management software. So these services, the healthcare industry have service, and they provide the software for that to track their income and help get it. Now, this company does not make money, has not made money in the, since 2018. It's going to lose $0.65 cents per share this year. It lost $1.15 last year, $3.46 the year before that. Next year, it's going to lose $0.31. Cents. So they're losing less money every year, and, and sales have been rising well over 100%, 200% every quarter. I mean, the, the, low, the lowest is in the last eight quarters, 166% rise in revenue. The most recent quarter, 245% rise. So it's a very speculative stock, a $2.2 billion company, selling for $14.61 a share. And it's, hard, it's almost impossible to evaluate it because they don't make money. We don't know how much it's worth. Management owns 7%. That's good. And mutual funds have been pretty strong buyers in the last year. So they have some faith in this company. So it's a, it's one of the stocks that you could put in your perf- your portfolio knowing it's a, it's a very high-risk play and that you could make lots of money or lose all your money. Don't know. Don't know. You might want to look deeper into how, it, how, how the sales are going and who are they selling to and is their momentum still going forward, blah, blah, that kind of thing. And when do they when do they expect to turn a profit? That's really what I want to know. My focus point today concerns a story: home sales fell nearly six percent in July, as the whole housing market stalls. Okay, and it's probably in a recession. It's probably in it. So let's let's dig into that. Let's talk about that for a minute. So the, really, the sales is down twenty percent from a year ago. Okay, now this report is, you know, for July. But many of those, you know, the sales really go back, you know, this process started in June, right? Because it takes a while before the sales gets completed, you know, 30, 60 days. So it's just, and and home sales represents, you know, I think about 12, 13, 14% of our economy, of our economic activity. Not the sales alone by themselves, but all the activity surrounding it. And it really was a big boon to our economy when when interest rates were very, very low. Interest rates, mortgage rates spiked a little over 6% before falling back to a little over 5% now. And historically, that's very low. 
Okay? I mean, I think I paid 12 and a quarter for my first house. 12 and a quarter for a 30-year fixed mortgage. But so 6% or 5% still really low. Problem is, is people haven't seen that high of a mortgage rate in years. I mean, a year ago, it was 3%. So, you know, it's difficult for that market. And during that time that it was very low, prices skyrocketed. And now, so now it's, you have a high price of a property and you have a, a, a mortgage that is higher than it used to be. And it really squeezes out a certain segment of potential buyers. And that's what we're faced with here right now. Uh, you know, the housing, we're not facing a default situation. Jobs are plentiful. But the median price of a home in July was $403,000. So it's pretty difficult for, the, for a starter home person to get started. And so I think, we're, I think the sales are going to still tumble. Remember, the Federal Reserve is going to raise rates again in the in middle to the end of September. Going up again, so mortgage rates are going to go up again. So they'll probably get into the five and a half to six percent and stay there, and, and and that may not be the end of their activity of raising rates. They think they they want to crush inflation, even though I don't think their efforts really doing much against inflation. I think it was already fallen, would have fell by itself anyways, but they want to get interest rates up to a more normal level as well. So that's what's going on, everybody. Okay. Now, just real quick, Cineworld, Cineworld drops 50% because they're going to file for bankruptcy. Now, you know, probably never heard of Cineworld. You go, hmm, I don't know who that is. Who cares? Well, we're talking about movie theaters, and they own Regal Cinemas, Regal Cinemas. So all those Regal theaters out there are going to be under Chapter 11. Now, Chapter 11... It's much different than Chapter 7. Chapter 7 is liquidation. The company disappears. And all those theaters would have to be sold to some other competitor or whatever. Chapter 11 means they're just reorganizing. They're reorganizing their debt and so on and so forth. Now, I go to movies with my nieces and nephews. And I can tell you from personal experience that there is a, there is a very low participation, participation going to the movies. Theaters are not crowded at all. So I can see why that, that happened. And it will be interesting to see how that works out for the moviegoers out there. That's you and me. People go to movies. We're heading into a break. It is Friday, so the weekend is here, everybody. That's great. Or almost here, anyways. I got, what, for me, I got another 45 minutes or so, 43 minutes. So... I'm here ready to take your financial investment questions. You can do it right now. You pick the topics. Call Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. You've got a portfolio to grow and protect, and this is no time to lose focus. So get your finance and investment questions together and call Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. They're ready with their unbiased answers. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Okay, usually on Fridays, I run down some of the numbers, a quick rundown of the numbers, key benchmark numbers. Two-year and 10-year treasury is something to watch. 
the two-year Treasury yields 3.269, 3.269, while the 10-year Treasury, 298, 2.98. So that means we have an inverted yield curve. Inverted meaning that normally the 10-year pays a lot more than the two-year. Because you're holding on bonds, government bonds, for 10 years. Bush is only two years. Well, so, so if you get really worried out there, more people want the two years. So the they, they, so the demand goes up, the value, the yield goes up with that. So it was about six weeks ago or so. The yield curve was normal. Uh, the two year is paying two point eight, and the three year, the ten year is paying three point oh nine percent. So it was a normal yield curve about six seven weeks ago. Gold was priced at uh, seventeen hundred fifty dollars an ounce. Uh, last week was seventeen ninety eight, so it went down a bit. Uh, uh, you know, depending how far back you want to go, um, nineteen weeks ago, for instance, it was nineteen hundred forty four. Now it's seventeen hundred fifty. So it depends on how far back you want to go. Gold has not performed at all this year. Either it's silver; it's sitting at nineteen dollars and sixteen cents. So both precious metals really have done anything this year. And you would think it would with inflation so high, it normally would rise with high inflation. That would be something normal, but not in this environment we're dealing with around the world. Uh, oil was selling at $91.48 a barrel. So it's under 100 bucks, well under $100 a barrel. And it, oh, gasoline prices, as a result, have been going down steadily. Okay? Um, it's at three ninety one now. Uh, it got up to close to five dollars a barrel, four fifty nine. Six uh, was it was that uh, uh, twelve weeks ago? I think it was the high average rate four fifty nine. I'm looking no four seventy two four sixty four eighty four. Seven weeks ago it was four eighty four. So now it's come down three ninety one. So that's good. That helps put less pressure on inflation. In California, of course, it's $5.33 a day. It's always expensive here, right? Nevada, Nevada, $4.91. Go figure. It's always high in California. Always is. And it's all about, really, it's more politics than anything else. High uh, taxes, and, you know, clean energy kind of thing. So it's... That's one of the reasons, one of the main reasons why we're always above most other uh, uh, states, okay? So, a survey says 50%, 50% of companies plan on cutting employees, okay? Uh, and just so you know, uh, the U.S., have, we have created 3 million jobs in 2022 alone. So the jobs, the job, remember we have very low unemployment, three and a half, three point six, something like that. Why are they laying these, why are they saying they're laying these off? Well, most of them are given the excuse where they're streamlining and matching skills to jobs. I think they're just worried about a recession. That's what it is. Okay, I think they're worried about it and they want to get ahead of it. They want to lay off. And what that means Expectations of a recession causes a recession because they're laying off people, meaning less workers. Less workers means less retail sales, and it's a it's a domino effect. So they're causing 
a deeper recession. Remember, you know, we're in a weird recession. We're de- definition two quarters in a row of shrinkage GDP in the United States has always been the definition of recession. But recessions always accompany lower employment, but we don't have that. We have and lower spending. We really don't have lower consumer spending. I mean, earlier this week they reported on it and it was flat. But if you take out auto sales, it was actually up four tenths of percent. So it's still spending. And that's and that's with lower gasoline prices. So it's not that bad. Anyways, so, you know, it's a confusing recession if we're in one. But if the CEOs do what they say they're going to do, laying off 50% of them saying they're going to lay off people, that will throw us into a deeper recession. Let's put it that way. If I move quickly, if I move quickly, I can squeeze in another question. So let's try it. Hey, can I have your opinion on buying this ETF for a long-term investment? The curse symbol is VEG. Hi. Thank you so much. Okay, let's take a look at VEGI. VEGI. Um, it's an ETF seeking the performance corresponding to the select agricultural producers uh, uh, market. So an ETF, if you want to be in the agriculture section, and I think you should be some exposure, this is an ETF that gets you over there pretty quickly. So I have no problem with it. I don't. Pays a one and a half percent yield, dividend yield, but I do think it's not a bad place to be. We've already had a big run, a little pullback, and now starting up again. I think I might wait for another pullback. That's what I would do. Eight 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 ninety nine chart, everybody. We're going into a break. We're at the halfway point. Love to talk to you. Give me a call. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. 
The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART, love to talk to you. Any financial questions are welcome. Usually on Fridays, I go over a little bit of the KPP Premium Newsletter, which I finished this morning and will be distributed tomorrow. Uh, in the market condition section, the main section, I explained that this week the market seems to be hitting some resistance after two months, after a two-month run. Investors are debating on whether the underlying matrix metrics justify their current levels. There has been some chatter that hedge funds have been the culprit of the last month's acceleration. These types of moves are pretty common in bear market rallies. They really are. So, as investors, we should try not to get caught up in the hype and emotion triggered by the fear of missing out. Align yourself with long-term trends and the macro direction of the economy, which will ultimately dictate the long-term trend of the market. So stick, be very careful. Don't buy into this. I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss it. i got to get in. You know, think about the long-term trend. Has, has it changed? Are we still in a bear market? But I, I would just be very cautious at this point. Retail activity was flat in July, as we mentioned. And, you know, falling fuel prices helped that. Uh, gas station sales and consumers turned more heavily to online shopping, which is actually a positive for the economy. Consumers may start to see an increase of markdowns as retailers are becoming inventory-heavy. Target on Wednesday said its its earnings decreased about 90% from a year ago as it has had to mark down prices to move its inventory. Remember, I've mentioned in previous newsletters that the inventory is pretty heavy. They're going to have to get rid of it. They're going to do something. So this is not uncommon. This happens. Remember, they're getting ready now for the holiday sales season coming up. So... They have to move out the old inventory and move in the new. Okay, Federal Reserve policymakers said they were determined to contribute to, to continue to raise interest rates. Talked about that. They're going to do about a 0.50. Uh, the probability of 0.75 basis point increased a little bit, to, but the 0.50 is where it seems like most people, most pundits are settling on. Uh, given the market's optimism over the last few weeks and lack of strong economic data, it may be prudent to cut back on some positions. 
Historically, September can be a volatile month. Okay, there's there's a lot more commentary detail in the newsletter, everybody. So, um, in the stock section, a small cap value company that operates 1.1 1,165 department stores in 49 states that sell moderately priced private label and national brand clothing, shoes, accessories, cosmetics, and home furnishings. The company also has a large digital sales business where women uh, where women apparel makes about up about 27% of the annual sales in 2021. It is a great company to have on your watch list, everybody. If you're looking to increase your exposure to that area, at least. And I also mentioned a manufacturer supplier of solar tracking systems and related products for customers across the United States and internationally. The company's main product is integrated systems of still supports, electric motors, gearboxes, and electronic controllers. Their products allow one motor to drive multiple rows of solar panels. The company has a strong foothold foothold as a first mover. Remember we talked about the billions of dollars their government just approved and I mean hundreds of billions of dollars, 400 billion to uh, for clean energy. Lots of clean energy projects. Well, this one kind of fits that 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 potential. Let's just put it that way. So that was what's in the newsletter this week. I've given you a, a a sampler teaser of the latest KP Premium newsletter. Subscribers receive the full edition via email. It comes out every Friday. So you, I mean, it comes out every Saturday. I finished it on Friday. And they also get the Portfolio and Consumers Watch sections. There's four sections all together. Okay? So if you want to subscribe, go to investtalk.com. So let's play another caller question from 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. Hi, Justin. Long-time listener here. I have a question about stocks from China, specifically Alibaba, JD, and NIO. I know that there's a lot of regulations, um, international stocks, so I was wondering if it's uh, a good time to like hold it or should we just continue buying as I see most of these are dropping in prices. Look forward to hearing from you. Well, just remember, we talked about this so was it just yesterday or the day before. Alibaba is going to be delisted off, off the New York Stock Exchange, okay? That means you're not going to be able to see it trading. You, you can, it's still alive. It goes to the pink sheets or it's going to have to be traded in Hong Kong, meaning you have to put an order in and it has to be traded and the trading costs are going to go up. But, you know, it's not going to be as transparent as it was before. Um, and if you're looking at the earnings, uh, the stock price, it's fairly inexpensive, really. It really is not a very expensive stock for the growth rate. Now, I will say this. The June quarter, shrank, sales growth shrank 4%. And China is having problems. They're having economic problems. We don't get to see the whole picture because they never allow the whole picture to be seen. But we know they're having a big crisis in housing, big crisis. How that's all going to play out, we don't know. So that's one of the reasons why stocks like Alibaba have really tanked, going from $300 a share uh, to uh, now 89 So, plus, you know, we have a worldwide economic slump. So, you know, China's just participating. So I'd be very careful on that. 
Let's play two in a row. The question came in earlier from listener from Connecticut. Hi, folks. This is Ben from Connecticut. I'm just calling about some of the fundamental analysis that you guys do, what type of metrics you look for, without giving away the secret sauce. Basically, I'm curious on what numbers you look for in the ratio of EV to EBITDA, and then price sales, and then price to book. So if you guys could provide a, uh, a kind of range that you use to determine the value in that way, it would be helpful for my own fundamental analysis. Thank you. Love the show. I've been listening to it for years, and uh, I await a response. Thanks a bunch. Okay. I wish it was as simple as just to give you the uh, numbers and say this is what you look for, but you have to break it down by sectors and types of industries. Because, you know, the, you can't compare a, a tech growth stock with an industrial stock. It, 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 the numbers are very different. The PE ratios, the earnings, the EBITDA, everything is very different. So it's not that simple, okay? Um, you, you do know that the overall S&P 500 PE ratio is between 15 and 16. So in general, that's, you know, you don't, if, you wanna, if you're a value investor, you want to pay less than that. But if you're a growth investor, you're going to pay more. See, it's, and, and then it's then it winds down to the individual stock positions, from you know sector analysis to the economic, from economic uh, projections to sector analysis to the individual stocks and how they perform against each other. It's it is just not as simple. I, I can't just say, okay, I, I'm looking for you know. I can say stuff like we look for rising margin, profit margins, rising, not falling. Stay away from falling. We look for we like to have value plus growth in the stocks we we buy, generally speaking. Uh, and it depends on what kind of investor you are. We, you know, if you're an income investor, we love high dividends. You know, and therefore that those metrics are very different of that company than one who doesn't pay a dividend. So that's about as best as I can do as far as answering this question. It's tough. It's very difficult. Okay? Um, there's no denying that the investment environment has changed over the past year because the interest rates have changed direction. And so you've got to deal with the reality of the situation. So it's worth a, uh, it's worth a little time here, a minute or so, to talk about the benefits that Justin and I can provide uh, at KPP Financial, provide to you. We are based in Irvine, California. That's between Orange, you know, we're in Orange County between LA and San Diego counties. Um, you know, we, I wanted to remind you that we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. And we implement that by, you know, always giving you unbiased guidance. We try, we don't owe a, a we don't owe allegiance to anybody. Our allegiance is to our clients, okay? And we also practice parallel investing, meaning we buy the same things for ourselves that we do for our clients. So we're always on the same side of the table as our clients so that, you know, you can be assured that, you know, we're trying our best to make money for ourselves and our clients all at the same time. We're all, we have the same interests. We will do a free portfolio review and assessment. We don't push any kind of sales on you. We're not going to tell you what you need to do and you've you got to buy this or that, but we'll review your portfolio 
and look at the risks that you're taking and the various positions you have and explain to you how they are risky. So I, I think you'll find us a little bit different than everybody else. You know, we try to be a little bit different than everybody else. We, we really want to help our clients. We want to help you make money. Even if you don't become a client, we'll still help you. We will. Done it for years. Okay. When people take the time to, to leave an InvestTalk podcast review on iTunes, we'd like to thank them for their courtesy by getting to their questions quickly. So here are some questions from iTunes reviews. Um, how about um, from Never Chase Stocks? That's a cute name. Uh, he wants me to look at PAA, the symbol, which is, if I remember right, yeah, uh, pipeline company, um, MLP, Master Limited Partner, engaged in the transportation, storage, terminaling, and gathering assets. Um, it is a $8 billion company. They're going to make $1.15 this year, $1.44 next year. And as oil prices and natural gas prices increase, they will make more and more money. As they decrease, they will make less and less money. This company is pretty solid, and it's a pretty reasonable price, and you're getting 7.4% dividend, and that is not in danger because the stock price is $11.70. You will never have high growth on these kind of companies. What you can do is you'll get high dividends. Return equity is only 9%, so that's not that great. But cash flow is very strong. So you're going to get your 7.4%. That's probably pretty good. Plus, their sales have, the recent eight quarters have risen. But the two quarters before that, you go back nine and ten quarters, sales shrink 36 and 35%. See, so that's because oil spiked in the last couple of years, right? So they benefit. And natural gas. So that's what you're dealing with. You just got to know that that is what you're dealing with. The price in the COVID low was like $3 a share. The high before that was like $23, $24 a share. And you're 11 now. So there you go. Thanks for the call. I appreciate that. Here's another iTunes question. Matt Bird. Okay, Matt Bird. I've been investing... Um, um, listening, I've been listening to this show for about half a year, and I've learned so much. Here's my question. I've been doing a lot of my own research on the best ETFs for my Roth IRA for a 30-year-old time, 30-year time horizon. I found three that have significantly outperformed the broader market over the past decade, and I see no reason why they shouldn't continue outperform. Could you share your thoughts? I can't share my thoughts on all three. It takes time. But let's take a first look at let's take a look at the first one. Okay, the first one is iShares U.S. Medical Development. It's exchange traded development seeking the performance correspondence to the Dow Jones U.S. Select Medical Equipment Index. So I think that this one will outperform. I think this will do well over time. You've got to ride the waves, but. You know, I, I like this sector. I think it's a good, solid sector to be in. It will always, you know, with with the huge baby boomers getting older and older and older, and they're going to need more medical equipment. It's not going to go away. So, so I, I kind of like this sector. I think it has a good future. IHI is the symbol. I shares U.S. medical development. Okay, appreciate the call. Uh, or the review. I, I do appreciate that. Thank you. 
Um, 97% of the executives say we're in a recession or headed toward one. This was a stifle, a stifle survey. Okay, stifle survey. It's a stifle is a financial company. Um, so they say because of tight labor markets and inflation is, is causing this problem for them. Um, maybe what's causing a problem is the other survey that says 50% of you guys are going to lay off people. <laughs> so what is it? So you're, you're causing your own problem, people, <laughs> you executives. Uh, uh, are, are, so are these two the threats? These two things, are they the threats of today, inflation and labor market? I, I, I'm, not th- I'm not thinking the labor market's a threat. Inflation is. But most executives can, if everybody's expecting inflation, they can raise prices. I'm having trouble believing the executives. I believe them more when they say they're going to lay off people. And that's the threat to the economy. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And of course, our work will continue after this break. So get your questions in now 888 99 chart. This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888 99 Chart. Hi, Steve and Justin. My name is Todd in Colorado, six month listener here. Love the show. Uh, I have a question about where to store holdings for stock buying and investing. I have an IRA, but it's maxed for the year. Is it wise or even legal to have several IRA accounts? Or what is the best way to set up accounts to invest from? Uh, Anyway, appreciate everything you guys do. Love the show, and I look forward to hearing the answer. Have a good one. No, no, don't set up several IRA accounts. Don't do that because, first of all, you're only limited to a certain amount every year, and you can't have... Uh, other accounts put money in them because you can't write them off, and there's no reason for that. And the government might think that you're trying to avoid taxes illegally. So don't don't do that. That's not a way. That's not a way to do it. Um, if you have extra money, you just put it in the market. You open up a regular account, an individual or a joint account, uh, and just invest it. That, that's the simplest way you can do it. Um, if you want to sit on cash, you know, you can sit on cash and wait for an, an opportunity you think that the market's going to provide. So, but just don't, don't try to open up a, a number of IRAs. You can, you know, I'd like to see you have both a Roth and a regular IRA, but most of the time 401k uh, is fine and then have a Roth IRA because, you know, your employers, most employers don't offer Roth 401ks even though they could. Good. Okay. Uh, the average 401k balance by age group. So this is what you should be doing, or at least this should be your goals. Okay, if you're between 20 and 29, you should have $10,500. 30 to 39, you should have 38400 40 to 49, you should have 93400 That's what the average is. So you should have more than that, but that's what the average Fifty to fifty-nine, one hundred sixty thousand. Sixty to sixty-nine, one hundred eighty-two thousand. And seventy to seventy-nine. Well, it goes down one hundred seventy-one thousand. But what should you save to get to a proper number? These are some rules of thumb. 
Between ages 20 and 29, you should save at least one times your annual salary. Okay? So you got nine years there to save one times your annual salary. Between 30 and 39, your savings should go up three times your annual salary. 40 to 49, six times your annual salary. 50 to 59, eight times. Remember, you're getting closer and closer to retirement, so you want to have this kind of money. 60 to 69, ten times your annual salary. That's kind of the rule of thumb that you can go by, and it's not unachievable. You, you know, you don't. You just got to make an effort. Most people have a half-hearted attitude toward this, and it starts to get real when they get into their 50s. It starts to get real to them. When it shouldn't be real the whole time, but it's hard to do that when you're young because you think you can live forever and you don't. Remember, we all were there, us old guys and gals. We were all there when we thought we could live forever. It doesn't happen that way. Time goes by pretty darn fast, and you better start early. Better start early is my uh, my opinion. Okay, everybody, next week we're going to have some interesting statistics come out for us. Um, uh, uh, they're going to have uh, manufacturing. The PMI numbers are going to come out. And that means, you remember, though, anything above 50 is an expanding economy. Anything below 50 is shrinking. Uh, and just so you know, the S&P U.S. Services PMI last month was 47, but they expect it to pop up to 50 this month. New home sales will be out. This will come out Tuesday. Durable goods numbers, capital, core, capital equipment and orders, pending home sales, it's going to have some pretty uh, interesting numbers. By Friday, we're going to have the PCE price index. Remember, that's inflation. Those are the inflation numbers that are going to have, we're going to have. Personal income, personal spending to be out next week. I, I'm, this is all for July, everybody. So I think we're, we're going to have a pretty full week of economic statistics okay, that we're going to have to deal with and be a little revelation about. Remember, we're trying to figure out if we're going deeper into recession or not. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family member about our free podcast downloads. Get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. We have, surpri- we have surpassed 44 million downloads. And Justin and I are now realizing that 50 million downloads are within range, so thanks to you. Thanks to you guys, right? Not to us, thanks to you. Please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes if you could. A positive rating helps our exposure. We like that. Independent thing and shared success. This is Invest Talk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening.
And your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 